You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. The Ring is kind of a moment in time movie. Like, they can't really make that movie now, right? Now that they're, no. you're like streaming video. Yeah. It's like a DVD. Coming out of your movie. iPhone or whatever. Right? Oh, man. Did you see that MP4 I put on your zip drive? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me today is Andrew Goldfarb. On the couch. Brian Altano is here. On the couch. And Ryan, Ryan Clements is also here. Not on here. the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the entire uh, IGN Features team. That's true. Yeah. News and, features. news and Features. We're here. How was uh, everybody's weekend? It was great. Good. Andrew, did you find love over the weekend? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Okay. Anyway, today's top story on IGN are new Grand Theft Auto V screenshots. And I think this speaks to the power of Grand Theft Auto V because this is like this is such a weak story, right? And yeah. They're, these are not very interesting screenshots. They're not even like composed. Like it's I not even like they took the time. Can I look? Yeah. We'll like sure, they're yeah. from weird angles. Like so that bike a, one. It's is a so guy random. biking. Yep. <laughs> okay. So they don't even look like real screenshots. They look like like they're cut from cutscenes or something. Yeah, right? yeah. They don't look like actual gameplay. So that's the thing. Every other video game company has to cut a whole trailer with with dubstep behind it. Exactly. And they put it up there, and it's like this whole big thing. G- uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, Rockstar is just like I don't know why it took me three times to say who makes that game. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, they're like, here's a JPEG, and everyone's we're like, early. oh my god. We're early in the week, Brian. It is. You got a long way. But go. that one shot, it was like, it was so weird. They're like, Grand Theft Auto Five, new screenshots, and I'm like, all right, let's see. This is gonna be awesome. And it's just yeah. this action-packed shot of a bicycle rider's ass. Yep. <laughs> it's just. Riding he's riding the, to the carnival. The I like yeah. to picture someone was taking that picture and the bike driver just went like at the worst time. Just had a bike <laughs> <laughs> they were like, like we're going to get this great He was like, oh, I wanted to take a picture shot. of that Ferris wheel. It looks like a photo that somebody took when a b- the bike rider hit him yeah. and he's falling down. He's like, oh, I'm just trying to get a picture of this circus. Ah! And he falls. So there's a bicycle, there's a car, and then there's a jet. Yeah. yeah. Those are the three screens we see today. And there's a guy in the jet. And, none of, but none and there's of, a guy on the bicycle. <laughs> but the car is driving itself. Uh, none of these vehicles are new to Grand Theft Auto. No. Well, the plane has missiles on it, though, which is okay. badass. Well, mm-hmm. but you've, I mean, you've driven tanks and helicopters in Grand Theft <laughs> Auto true. before. That's so. true. Are um, we excited about the missiles? Yes. That's the, yeah. that's the detail? Absolutely. That looks amazing. They didn't have it. Let me a, tell you what, in Saints Row the Third, you could just shoot people with a death ray. But that's well, a really good two point. hours into the like, game. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that impacts GTA V, because like, no matter how crazy they make it, it's never going to be as crazy as Saints Row was. Well, but that... Grand Theft Auto is, has never really been about being crazy, right? I guess. I mean, they, they grounded it with GTA 4. I mean, they did. I mean, at some point in the series, they had jetpacks and, you know, yeah. Yeah. cars right. that could fly if you put which, in sheets. When were the jetpacks? When did that happen? That which San one Andreas, had jetpacks? San Andreas. That sounds like San Andreas. Yeah. I don't know. And I, Martians. You're right, though. Saints Row has claimed the, uh, the ridiculous yeah. open world. So yeah. now Grand Theft Auto can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they they want to make it like a gritty 
drama. They want to make it like a like the, cinematic. It's like game. The Wire. It's like you're yeah. playing The Wire. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would play that game. Um, which is what they were trying to do with Sleeping Dogs, I think. Uh, I don't no know. More they, coming. I don't know if they succeed or not. Uh, you said Sleeping, Sleeping Dogs. Uh, this is a tangent. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Dogs uh, outsold New Super Mario Brothers in the UK. Yes, it did. Which is uh, Gold Farm and I were discussing this. I didn't think it was such a big deal because Sleeping Dogs was on three platforms, but Mario is Mario. So. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Sleeping Dogs is a new IP. Yeah. Yeah. Intellectual property. Yeah. <laughs> But Mario's though is a slow burner, right? Those games have yeah. legs for well, years. Like, you'll yeah. see that game in the top five on 3DS charts that is, forever. I mean, New Super Mario Brothers specifically sold so incredibly well that it's just surprising to see anything above it even briefly. I think the interesting stat we saw was how little it sold um, as a, in downloadable form in yeah. Japan, which I think was just, what was the percentage on that? It was, uh, yeah, it was low. Yeah. I don't remember. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, I mean. It doesn't seem to say, hey, we told you so. People aren't that interested in downloadable games. Sort like, of, but this is also them saying, hey, we're trying to tell you so, because this is our first time doing day and date digital distribution of one of our high, you know, priority games, and uh, it's just people want. I think people, Nintendo fans in general, are just conservative. They want the cartridge. They want that like cart. They want that box. Well, and it's also like that downloads almost yeah. a gig, and the yeah. card that comes with the system is two gig. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you if you've been downloading eShop titles, if you have all the ambassador games, if you have you know Pushmo and all that, like yeah. you might not even have room to download. It's also no cheaper. Like it was uh, yeah. in Australia, it was seventy dollars, which is just the download for a download. Well, games are expensive in Australia. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. But I think one of them would have to be shipping. I think it's distance that the download has to travel from Japan <laughs> from <the> Australia. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we were talking about Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah, is there anything we, we can get from these screenshots? This one uh, with the bike rider that that here looks like Santa Monica. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. You can box. wear uh, bicycle tights. Yes. Yep. You in can. this game. Confirmed. Yeah. And then you you said something to me about the pilot in the in the jet fighter. Yeah, he's that old man from yeah. uh, the one who narrates that the trailer. That's who it is. You, I mean, an I mean, old man is so. flying this jet. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, like you. you I can't have to tell anything it. from this. We'll enhance the photo. Are you are you mad that in this ridiculous cartoon game that a senior citizen might not be capable? Of flying a jet. There was a get that man out of the sky. You're not fit to fly, old man. Anyway, Rockstar says they have more to come this week. Yes. Right. So maybe look for more exciting uh, bike rider. Maybe there's a skateboards. Be a, maybe there'll be a Segway rider. Segways. Later this week. Actually. Man, I saw a guy over the weekend with a with a broken Segway. What? Like it just didn't work anymore. So he just oh. stood. So he was just dragging it behind him. Nothing makes what? me happier than that. Those it things just, are heavy. I know, and he was just like, Ugh, and it's like it's the total opposite of what those things are supposed to do. <laughs> So it's like, haha, they tricked you. Remember when Segways were supposed to be the next big thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like yeah. They were going to be like as big as the internet. And then we saw somebody standing on one where like, yeah. that looks well, stupid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There are cops. There are like fleets of cops that use them all at once. Come on now. At least uh, get a horse. It's ridiculous. <laughs> or a bicycle. Uh, horses are better. They're nature's cars. You, that's the second time I've heard you use that <laughs> line recently. I'm going to say it in my tombstone. <laughs> Brian Altano. Uh, horses, horses are nature's cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good life, guys. Yep. Ryan, fill us in on this uh, new uh, the Diablo 3 update that's coming. Yeah, this is exciting because uh, obviously Diablo has gone through many patches. Uh, oh, obviously, right, guys? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, remember V2 3? That was the worst patch. Diablo 3 has gone through many patches since it, since it launched. Thought I was in the room with professionals. Here. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> this don't this ever is... make that mistake here. <laughs> patch 1.0.4 is what this upcoming patch is. They haven't issued a release date for it yet. Of course, only Blizzard would have a release date for yeah. a patch. But uh, it is going to be probably the one of the most significant patches that we've had in the game. Uh, because not only does it uh, really address and upgrade a lot of the five classes. They all have more powerful stuff. They've, they've gone in, done some tinkering with all their skills, but uh, there's like some really huge changes too. They've really revamped the legendary item system. So now instead of getting like a sword, and you're just like, hey, that's a you sword. get guns? <laughs> no, uh-huh. I, 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 I kind of wanted like old school muskets. You know, like I thought that would be cool. Are they playing with missiles? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, forgive me, I have not played Diablo three, but there are no guns in it because there are in Torchlight. Uh, I don't believe there are guns. Are there bicycles? No, some there are there are, there are demon bikes. Are really? Guns? No. <laughs> you had me for um, a second. Anyway, okay, but but instead of just getting a sword, like now they're like, now if you get a legendary sword, it you know it's like glowing and it has like a giant ring of fire around it, and then like God is somehow encaps- encapsulated in the hilt. I don't know. It's some just obscene, crazy fantasy things. But anyway, the biggest thing... You actually had me convinced for a second that there were demon bikes. That there were demon bikes? You're getting good at this, this sarcasm thing. I'm a very convincing... The other day I was like, hey Clement, do you have any Visine? My eyes hurt. And he was like, 
Yeah, hold on. Let me uh, check my visine drawer. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't have one of those because that'd be stupid. And I was like, no. <laughs> holy crap. I didn't know you could do that. It's uh, very uncharacteristic. I know. Yeah, well, I, I just like to break it out once in yeah. a while. It's no, the new, don't. it's the rebooted Clement. He's a yeah. little edgier. Sassier? Yeah. yeah it's like sure. Stephen Urkel's cool cousin. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So tell us about the Paragon it, system. The, the Paragon system is something that they, it was, uh, was it announced today or over the weekend? I, uh, I missed that detail. This news story went up today. Okay. Well. So we, it, it would happen today, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the uh, thing that they just announced <laughs> is that once you get to level 60, which is the level cap for that game, which takes forever. I mean, I think I probably sunk maybe somewhere in the 60-hour range, and I didn't quite make it up to 60. Uh, once you get to level 60, you reach the level cap. Any experience you get after that in terms of killing monsters, et cetera, et cetera. Just gravy. Just, you, you start to, you start sweet, to, sweet that, that experience gets funneled into a Paragon system, which is essentially, this is, new. This is the new feature. This is the new feature. Previously, not, it would have just been wasted? Like, yeah, wouldn't, nothing just, would have happened. Yeah, okay. you, would just, you would just be like, what do I do with all this experience? I can't do anything with it. Yeah. It's like if your bank account could be filled. Imagine that. Scary. So once you get to that, you can just start leveling up, starting at Paragon level one, and then you can go up to level 100. And the, I believe uh, Jay Wilson, who's the game director on that, said in the blog post that getting from you know no Paragon levels to Paragon level one takes about the same time as going from level 59 to 60, which takes a long time. And then it gets longer each successive time. And so it's basically 100, 100 extra levels. And yeah. so, so the short answer, now it's almost like they raised the level cap to 160. Which leads me to the question, why not just raise the level cap? I don't know. Oh. Why not, just, yeah. Why not so, just get rid of levels I think, entirely? I think, so one well, of the things is You don't want to level up in games? No, I do. But it's just weird when they keep adding more levels. So, but here, here's... It's I, like, when do they stop? Here's some it's of It's like up. filling your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scary thought. <laughs> one of the things that... The, probably one of the reasons they didn't just decide to raise the level cap is because a lot of their systems were very fine-tuned to um, use that 1 to 60 gradient, uh, like the, the, the set, the times at which skills unlock, those sorts of things. And I think they wanted to dif differentiate between creating your character like and getting him to the most powerful, him or her, to the most powerful like it can be by default, and then you're getting these uh, like slight bonuses that that they do adjust the like your character's strength and intelligence and the base stats. More importantly, every Paragon level you get, it uh, increases your chance of finding special items. And as you guys all know, the loot is like one of the big things about mm -hmm. Diablo. Mm -hmm. That's why people play. I mean, their big the big complaint from fans seemed to be about the end game, and so it's like if they had just made the level cap eighty, there still would have been a problem with the end game. It just would have come twenty levels later. Yes. Whereas by adding a whole separate system that modifies different things, it seems like they're they're responding to the fact that people felt like there was nothing to do once you had Yeah, and I mean, think about it like from, even from like a psychological perspective, like this is something new. It's not just more of the old stuff. Even though it is technically a very similar system, now it is a new system. People that have been playing and they reached the level cap. I was going to keep doing air quotes. Please. I was, uh, I, did, I was just doing <laughs> like new. tons of them. I thought you were doing a like new the right? level. Yeah, you were doing like <laughs> two. I think I would need to do like three. Like uh, a baby cat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, like a, a baby cat that has a filled bank account. <laughs> baby uh, cats. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to learn how to use their... I don't know. I have no idea. I've never seen a kitten in my life. Well, uh, <laughs> you've um, never seen the internet. Apparently. Yes, yeah. I haven't. Uh, so this is a, it's a very cool... I mean, for example, I, have not, I haven't played Diablo 3 in uh, months, and this, this hearing about this has made me really excited to get back into it. Cool. I still look forward to playing Diablo 3 one day. Yeah, one a, day. When I have a new computer. Now, speaking of loot, any of you have played Darksiders 2 yet? Yes. What do you think? Uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, it's not like you're like. Uh, so I don't. I don't like it. Okay. I, mean, I don't like it. Fine? Yeah. I I got about two hours in and I was just like, you know what? I don't. I don't it know was, what this game wants from me. Yeah. I'm about ten hours into it and I'm liking it more now. Okay. But That's what everyone keeps saying. My sh my my feeling on it is that I really like the dungeons. I like mm -hmm. the puzzles. I hate the character. Yeah. I hate the yeah. setup and everything. Like, I it was a big mistake to change characters. Like, you played War in the first game, mm -hmm. and I thought he was really cool, and then now you're Death. But it's like the lamest version of Death ever. So can, yeah. can, you, can you elaborate? Because I've heard you talk about this before. I want to know what makes mm -hmm. Death lame. He's like... Death. Death should be like uh, something like that you fear, right? Yeah. yeah. But he just like walks around. and He's like talking to people, and he's like buying things at the shop. And people, <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't make any sense. People are like giving him shit, and like and like, like he's I'm like, death. You know, he like, has to like run sideways on a wall. <laughs> Why would death have to run on a wall? He would I, just I like know. float and then find the guy he needs to kill yeah. because he's death. Yeah. 
I mean, that's how that works. Not to, uh, any like side cool, I guess you would call it a, a parallel story is yeah. weird to me. Like, mm -hmm. just do a sequel. Everyone wants a sequel. I guess a prequel has more value. To and it everyone's like, like, oh, it's like Zelda, but it's not because Zelda. The way Zelda works is that you have a sword and you just have that sword the whole time. And then every now and then they give you an item that you use for a dungeon. But Darksiders is basically like you have upgrades and you have weapons and you have secondary weapons and you have all this stuff. Like you kill a guy and there's a hammer on the ground. And you're like, oh, I gotta pick well, that's, that. Well, but that's the loot. Pick that up that's now. the loot mechanic. And I actually like the loot mechanic. Yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, I, I like the dungeons and the puzzles. Mm -hmm. I'll I'm keep, gonna I'll get keep going. It. Like I, everyone, everyone says it gets way better because I played. Better. I played up to that first boss battle at E3, and mm -hmm. it did nothing for me. Mm -hmm. But you and Anthony keep telling me it gets way better, so I'm yeah. gonna stick with. It. What about uh, Plants vs Zombies Two? Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I can't wait to play. That that it was one. announced today that Plants vs Zombies Two is coming out. It'll be out by late spring 2013. Yeah. We're, so we're having exciting. an interesting discussion about that. Yeah, like what, what it could be. Yeah. If it'll just yeah. be the same game again or if they're going to mix it up and do something. I mean, there have been rumors that it's like a first-person shooter set in like the Team I Fortress 2 style. I can't imagine they yeah, do that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I agree. It's going mean, to be a fighting game. It's <laughs> yeah. Think about, it. Think about it. Plants vs. Zombies 2. You have all the plants versus all the zombies. Plants versus all zombies. Different and that actually would make more sense <laughs> than a first-person shooter. Yes. A first-person shooter will alienate everyone who, all the casual players true, who yeah. love this game. I, I think most likely it'll just be the same game, but you know, it'll like different I mean, art style. And just be so weird, like you're running cool. around and you're shooting things, and there's suns falling everywhere that you're catching. <laughs> <laughs> you're shooting that, your seeds. Now that sounds awesome. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all um, they need is to add shooting your new seeds plants, everywhere. Yeah, send yeah. new types of zombies at you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I agree. In a different agree. location. Last time you were in the house, the front yard, the backyard, and the roof, right? Yeah, yeah it was. Spoilers. They added a pool. Yeah. <laughs> oh great! Thanks, Damon. Um, and it was a, there was a daytime and a nighttime. Yeah, that was true. it. I feel Except like the roof. so if yeah. they did that, which you have just said on the record that that's that would be great. You would love that if it was. It just was actually more. off the record. Oh, okay. I, you more. all signed an NDA before. <laughs> oh no! So did everyone on the internet. <laughs> so you Look know, under your chairs. I, I, I can guarantee you that there will be people that say, "Oh, this is just more of the same." Played this. You know, two years ago. Yeah. It's funny yeah. that you say that though. I wonder if it will be free to play for that exact reason. I wonder if they'll. You have to do buy it each as, plant. Yeah, you, you only get the sunflower. No, no offense. <laughs> you can play without microtransactions. You won't win. I'm wondering if they'll do that, though, because there might be, like, people who are really into playing for zombies might just be like, oh, like, it's cool, there's new plants or whatever, but I don't want to spend money to get them. Maybe they will just, like, release it for free, and then if you want to buy new areas or whatever. Oh, yeah, PopGap has done sequels before. Yeah, yeah. Um, Peggle Knights. Bejeweled 2, Bejeweled mm -hmm. 3, yeah. um, Zuma's Revenge, you know. They they're, all, they're all great. Yeah. They, they make good games. Yeah, they haven't Pop let me down yet. I mean, is easily one of the best developers yeah. in the world. They have one of the strongest track records. That's why it's so crazy this took so long, though. I mean, when did yeah. Plants vs. Zombies come out? It was like 2008, yeah. 2009, maybe? <coughs> so really nuts. And now it'll only be in 2013 that we'll get that sequel. Right? Well, I mean, it's not like they just sat on their asses with it. I mean, they, they ported it to AG every platform. Yeah. They added multiplayer uh, on the console versions and stuff yeah. like that. They made the terrible DS version. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they also like vastly expanded the mechanics too. Like it, it started as just the tower defense mm -hmm. game. They added like the Zen Garden. They added mm -hmm. the Tree yep. of Wisdom. They added all those mini games and stuff. So yeah. they have been working on it. Now there's a dedicated Plants vs Zombies online store. Yeah, that yeah. just sells Plants vs Zombies like plush merch. toys and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're like and stuff. they're like fifty bucks for like a like an action figure. And I bought all the plants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I yeah. didn't. Plants vs Zombies two coming by late spring 2013. I'm totally I can't ready. wait. I'll play it. Yeah, yeah. me too. The CEO of Ubisoft, whose name is unpronounceable, claims that PC games suffer a piracy rate of 93 to 95%, meaning only 5 to 7% of PC gamers actually pay for their games. Sounds a little high to me, but what do I know? I'm not a PC editor. Anthony Gallegos is, though. Yeah, it's weird that he would say uh, that, that uh, you know, in general, like that's why they're switching to free-to-play, because if anything, Ubisoft has been known to have some of the most aggressive DRM in like the last, like, yeah. 10 years, really. A lot of the comments on this IGN article are, you know, uh, they're not very appreciative of Ubisoft's DRM measures. Oh, hey, you want to play your single-player game? Sorry, the servers yeah. are down. Exactly. Like, well, I that's mean, Diablo 3 also, right? Well, yeah, that's true. That's but Diablo true. 3 is like, an, it takes advantage of the network. Like, it'll be like Assassin's Creed or something that doesn't even use it. And exactly. You just can't a, play it a completely single-player game. Like, there's no multiplayer online features at all, but if your internet connection even goes out, you're kicked off. Um, but the other, you know, the, the thing is, is that, yeah, it's just weird that he would say that it's, it's that high. Because 
and that that's why they're switching to free-to-play. Because really, it seems like that's not why he's switching to free-to-play. What they're switching to free-to-play is because there is a significant amount more money to be made. Yeah, like and that. It's, it's possible that they've always sort of had this really, really aggressive view of piracy, but they've been moving to free-to-play for years. They were really, really early to Facebook. Um, you know, they have a Ghost Recon game on Facebook, and uh, you know, they were tackling that space before. Maybe not before EA, but definitely before like most publishers are really getting on board with free to play. I feel like the thing about the, 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 that free to play works for them in their benefit is that like, so you know, the games like Diablo and other, and, and you know, maybe Assassin's Creed and stuff that people are like, I have to always be online. They hate it. But free to play games, you just kind of accept that because you're like, oh, but it's free. So you're like, oh, but I have to always be online. Well, that's okay because it's free. You guys you know, know what this means, right? I'm in the five to seven percent. <laughs> you actually yeah. pay, you pay for your games, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing that jumped out. I at am me about the five percent. You are the five percent. How do how do they know? Like that just sounds like a made up number. They're like, well, you know. So they're talking about worldwide. I know, and he's got a quote where he's talking about certain countries. So who can we? He's like oh. he's like uh, alluding to the fact that there are entire countries that don't pay that oh. pirate. Well, that's so, true. So that's pr- probably true. I've heard anecdotally from a lot of uh, Russian developers that I've talked to at yeah. Gamescom and stuff that. Russia in particular has a really bad problem with piracy. And it's because, it, like, one developer I talked to, now this is him being speaking anecdotally, but he was likening it to, like, because people there buy a machine and they don't understand, like, I pay all this money for a machine, why do I have to continue to pay for things for it? The communist Russian <laughs> game pays for you. So, Whoa. But, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I know that, the, and there have been complaints that in the past, like, China's had really bad problems with piracy as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So the free-to-play is maybe a solution for countries like that, but... Can we um, give, I want to give the CEO's name a shot. Yeah, where? did you, you yeah, know what yeah, his name is, right? Yves Guillemot. Oh, so I was going to say, it's Yves Guillemot, right? Yeah, I think so. In the, See, in, this is why I, don't, I just don't even try. Just, in, in French, you don't want the T is silent. No, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe, maybe it can be a lot higher if we take in the whole worldwide potential sales of a game and we take in Russia and China and some of these places in the East. But like in America, there's no way that the piracy rates are like above 90%. Yeah. You say, you say there's potential for more money in free-to-play. Is that because if you, know, if you buy a game outright, it's $60 and, and the money ends there towards Ubisoft. But potentially, free-to-play, you could keep funneling the money so the, right. on and on. I was going to say, so the whole thing with free-to-play is Justin's scene, too, is like at best you get 5% of your customers that are ever going to spend money. Right. But it, the, the, since the barrier to entry is so much lower, you have a potentially... Like exponentially larger base to draw that five percent right. from that could that could even be bigger than that initial like sixty dollar investment people plus a lot of people won't buy it for sixty they'll wait until it's discounted or used and then you're losing out right. on that money. The smartest thing about free to play that a lot of people forget is uh, they think about it as a way to capture sort of casual gamers. Maybe they won't spend sixty dollars on a game, but you could get five or ten dollars from people that would normally never give you anything. But people ignore the other side of it where it gives people the ability to give you more money. Like your most exactly. passionate fans. Like World of Warcraft costs $15 a month for five, six years. But how many people that were really deep into WoW would have given them more than $15 a month? And Blizzard gave them no mechanism to do that. There is no way to give mm-hmm. them more money than that for the super passionate hardcore fans. So free-to-play opens things up at the low end, but it also opens things up at the high end. And that's what I think is so smart. I, you know whether it's good for gamers or not. Um, you know I don't know if that's something we're going to get into today. But from a business perspective, you know that's that's why companies are so into it. Justin's exactly right. I've spent over like one hundred and twenty dollars on League of Legends over the years. So that's you know, yeah. and had that been a single down- you would just game, paid, I would have paid yeah. once. And you're clearly and not sad about it at all. No, <laughs> you've gotten your money's worth. I'm not. Yeah, I mean I've been playing that game for years and enjoying it, and that doesn't really bother me. Plus. They again the beauty of free to play games is I've done it through smaller transactions yeah. that I don't really think yeah. about how much I spent until I really think about it. I mean, so. we it's an obvious thing in hindsight, but uh, to say it out loud, it sounds very obvious. But it's you know give people the ability to give you more money. That's what the free to play model does for these companies. I want the airline industry to adopt a free to fly model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's an airline in a, oh, I don't know if they fly out of Ireland or where it is, but uh, the f- flights are ridiculously cheap, like, you know, 20, KLM, 30. I think, or something like that. They're yeah. like r- super, super cheap airlines, but then everything's an add-on. Like, mm-hmm. you don't get any bags, you don't get any, well, like, I don't know if you pay for bathroom, but like, you don't get any free drinks, like, you don't get any, no. anything at all. And then once you tack all that stuff on, then it's about a normal airline ticket, but that's nice. because like, you get to choose. Yeah. I would like to see what the piracy rate is in America. I would be surprised if it's over 50%. Yeah, I mean... Because how, how would the PC gaming industry have even sustained all this time? Like, if, 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 if virtually nobody is buying games. It is yeah. bad in some cases, especially since there are some games that, uh, you know, that's why they go multi-platform a lot of times, is because they, the PC platform alone isn't necessarily going to make their right. budget back. But, I mean, and I think that is why uh, 
he's maybe wrong that I don't necessarily know that free to play is the solution, but it, but multiplayer games are like increasingly where people are trying mm -hmm. to make their money at because those you just know you have to be online, so there's there's no real you have to use their servers, so there's yeah. piracy is reduced. I mean, I would also say fifty percent of what like what does that mean? And I understand like that's sort of the pirates' excuse is like, well, I wouldn't have bought it anyway, so they're not you know me pirating this doesn't cost them anything. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know, I don't know how I feel I don't about think that. Your logic quite but I still don't understand like it's a percentage of what like what are they basing that on? How do they? And I'm sure. Well, so uh, these are the people playing the game, uh -huh. but ninety five percent of the people didn't pay for it. Isn't okay. That what they're saying? Well, I mean, how do they know? Well, they know how, if they're online, they can t tell. I, yeah, I guess this many players, and we got this much money for the <laughs> game. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I I question some of that. You know, I question how they're deciding how many, how they even have a clear picture of how many people have pirated the game to begin with. I think in all likelihood, this is just a case of him speaking, like with hyperbole, Ana anecdotally. Yeah, and, and and maybe people taking that as like him speaking with authority, and he's probably more just like, he should have just said. We're doing free-to-play because piracy is outrageous. Like, yeah. Just loves it at that. Yeah. We keep hearing how free-to-play is the future. Everybody, everyone is saying that now. Yep. Yeah. I mean, EA has announced recent games to be free-to-play as well. Isn't it the present, not even the future? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. It, increasingly at this point, like, if I hear a PC game is multiplayer only and not free-to-play, I'm like, that is crazy. Like, the only people who can get away with that is, like, Valve with Counter-Strike. Like, Counter-Strike is not a free-to-play game, and it's multiplayer only. And it's mm -hmm. still 20 bucks. Valve can do that, though, because they're Valve. But other companies, like, they don't, if they don't make money on Counter-Strike, they're not going to care. But like other companies, like they just, they just, well, okay, they'll care. But I'm saying they're not gonna have to fire people, you know. And other companies just can't do that. Like, but nowadays, if your game is free to play on PC and not, I mean, multiplayer on PC and not free to play, it's just like yeah. what I are mean, you doing? I mean, certainly at least for multiplayer games or MMOs, because those games live and die based on their community. You know, you need as many people playing an MMO as possible, or the whole thing, the whole thing just falls, like it collapses on itself. So, you need to get people in the door. Um, you know, for a single player game or something like that, or that's not multiplayer only, then yeah, I mean, obviously you can still charge for that title, but... I still prefer to pay for a game outright, but I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to make the switch someday. The great thing about a lot of these free-to-play options, though, is that most of them have an option where you can pay, basically, the cost of a retail game and get everything you'll ever need up front. Yeah. Like, and then after that, mm -hmm. it's just optional if you want to buy other stuff, but... Yeah. yeah, if you want a blue hat, man. Yeah. You got pony. Blue hat is nice, <laughs> to be honest. Ryan, I want to hear about this uh, State of Decay game. So here's one of the more ambitious Xbox Live Arcade titles you will ever you will ever hear about, which which makes me wonder, will it ever come out? Because you, you never know with these like yeah. super high ambition games. I hope it does. And it sounds like it's still early, but it's finally coming along. So uh, two years into development. Yeah, a while ago we heard about a game called well, two games, Class Three and Class Four. This place called a new studio in Seattle called Undead Labs. Fittingly enough, they're making zombie games. Right. So Class 4 is supposed to be a massively multiplayer online zombie game. Do you play as the zombies? I, I'm not sure about that one. I know in, in Class 3, which has now officially been titled State of Decay, Got it. You're, you play survivors. And it's sort of, if you watch the trailer that's up on IGN right now, you'll see that it's, it kind of reminds me of Alan Wake meets The Walking Dead. So you're, um, you're a survivor in this, in this open world, and you're... you're you have to build infrastructure and uh, just sort of use the resources to stay alive against the zombie horde. And it's a, uh, it, it's sort of very foresty. It, it looks like it's set in the Pacific Northwest, up where the, the developer. That's where all zombie games are set, right? It, it does should, seem like it. Well, yeah. Woods are scary. Yeah, that's as, what it comes as, down uh, to. As, as they should be. <laughs> it all, it, Twin Peaks, man. Got that going. Mm. But it's it's a very fascinating premise, and it's built off the CryEngine 3, actually. So. It's, it certainly should look just fine once it, once it does release. They've given no release date. But so it's mm. finally, you know, this is a game that was announced quite a while ago, yeah. but we got a new trailer. Like, it's kind of a thing that actually exists now. It better now come out within the next year. Yeah, I, I mean, no one's going to be playing it, or unless I guess it's an X, I guess it's not like XBLA won't continue on to the next generation. Presumably. As well. Presumably. So, or some form of it, right? So yeah. it, could, and yeah. it could release for that, I guess. Yeah, but, I, I mean, too. if I had to guess from... The, the development history and the trailer they put out, because the trailer they put out, it's all gameplay footage. Kudos to them for that. It's no, no bullshit on it, but uh, no bullshots. But it, it, it's still early, so I'm thinking that it's probably a Summer of Arcade 2013 title, which, mm. to your point, Anthony, it's like, well, is that going to be a little too late? Are we all going to be in the next-gen mindset by then? But be the last, That would probably be the last current-gen Summer of Arcade. I we'll, should think we'll all so. be playing our Wii U's by then. 
Yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I right? <laughs> Damon, Damon, Damon just laughs. Maybe just you. I don't. Um, is it just me, or does, does State of Decay State of Decay sound a little bit like Fortnite? Does it remind you of Fortnite? A little it's bit. A, I don't uh, think you, it's quite as. It's you choose where to make your stand, designing and fortifying your home base. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I Fortnite might seems a little more actiony. Yeah, Fortnite right. seems. I mean, I haven't. They're seen both. They're both a little silly though, too. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Uh, State of Decay is a little silly. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I don't know. I'm not silly zombies. Uh, silly zombies. I'm not an expert on either of these games. I thought Fortnite was more like tower defense-ish. Yeah, that's the vibe I get from yeah. it. And this is more yeah. like action. It's more like you build your fort and then it's like horde mode and survive the night. Okay, yeah. cool. I will say, State of Decay looks like it would be an amazing co-op game, like two to four players, and they haven't said if it's if it's going to be multiplayer at all. If so it's not, then that's just like a, a, sure a terrible so. missed opportunity. Yeah. Mm. Uh, originally announced as an Xbox Live Arcade exclusive, now coming to PC yes. as well. I know you're you're a zombie fan. You There's like more. zombie stuff. I do. Yeah. There's a cool Robert Kirkman interview up on IGN that, that people yeah. should read. Yeah. What, did he, what was he? He was talking about the Walking Dead games, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the Telltale he, ones. The t yeah, the Telltale ones. He, uh, you know, so he's really pleased with how they've come along. Like, you know, he likes. I should hope so. They're amazing. Right, and he likes the fact that you know they've kind of maintained like the really dark themes. Like, you know, these are all things we wondered. Like, how's Telltale? The makers of things like Sam and Max, you know, and and Back to the Future, going to to manage to to tell a Walking Dead story where you know in the comic books people do horrific things to each other, disembowel each other, and and kill each other for food and stuff. You're like, how's how are they going to handle that? And I'd say they episode two makes that pretty clear. They've done it well, yeah. and, he, and he's very he's very pleased, you know, with what what they've been able to do in the themes. And I asked him like, you know, why are you writing such horrific stuff all the time, and he told me it's because he's depressed. Yeah, <laughs> but, I was just going to say, why is Robert Kirkman but so sad? He said he's mostly he joking. Like, he's got to be a millionaire, right? Yeah. Well, but the pee in his Cheerios <laughs> creates so much enjoyment for us that, yeah. well, if he has to suffer... When is The Walking Dead Episode 3 coming out? Then I want it now. Word on, this, on the street, unconfirmed, is hopefully next week, you know, before the month is out, but... Yeah, it's soon. Telltale. They've slipped before yeah. on these, so... I, I wonder what the heck's going on over there. I mean, this is their most successful thing they've ever done. And yet, it's been well, slow. Like, they've been behind from the start. I mean, they, they work on crazy production schedules, yeah. though, yeah. turning that stuff I, around as fast I interviewed as two of the, the leads from Episode 2 on Podcast Unlocked uh, back when that released a good, what, month and a half ago now. And they said, literally, no, it's... We're, we are completely moving... In real time, we haven't already we haven't already finished all this and are just putting them yeah. out on mm -hmm. schedule. You know, we're taking real time feedback from people's choices and from the community on on how things are going, and and they are, as you said, Anthony, they are absolutely developing on the fly. So yeah, I'm, although I'm, the stories are written at this point, like Kirkman yes, said, that he no absolutely. longer has story meetings or anything like that, so it's yeah. all settled. I made a choice in episode two. I'm really not happy with. I wish I could take it back. I haven't I, played all of episode two yet. I You're asked bad, him, bad man. I asked yeah, him if. Man. Uh, if we'd ever see characters, like we've seen one, there's been characters in the very first episode that have crossed over from the comics into the games. Geographically, the characters in the comics are in a totally different state at this point than the characters in the game. But I asked him, you know, like, uh, since the comics are so far ahead, would we ever maybe see some of the characters from the games that come over into the comics? And he said that it's unlikely, but, you know, they would have to be characters that, yeah. that survived throughout the whole game. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so be, nobody, because everyone's. Be <laughs> it's a very, it's a different art style. Like these characters that you know would look very different. Oh yeah, they would totally look different. It's just you know whether or not they'd go because both the games and the the comics are canon together. You know they are, they do exist in the same universe. Anyway, State of Decay sounds very cool. No release date yet, but as soon as we know more about it, we'll let you know right here at IGN. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Yer Donan did. Yer comes, he hails us all the way from Israel. Mm. Mm. Yeah. He has, no. No, nope. that's not. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, aware, I'm aware of this guy. He's nice. He's yeah. the guy that helped break the Dead Space thing. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. He came yeah. to Beyond 200. He's a huge yeah. fan. Yeah, he's, he's a big super fan. He's got a big question, so I hope you guys are ready to talk big today. His question is, what games from this generation do you think will become classics in the years to come? Do you think the likes of Halo 3, Uncharted, and Bioshock will stand the test of time and stand next to the Final Fantasies and Mega Men of yore? Hmm. Bioshock definitely yeah, will end up being like the way people talk about System Shock still to this day. Like in 12 years from now, 
people that are going to eventually replace us, little <laughs> cyborg children, <laughs> will we'll eventually be writing top 100 lists where they're like, Bioshock was this blah, 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 just like we do. Why do they talk that way? Because <laughs> well, they're dumb. Let's, let's establish some ground rules here. Okay. Like what makes a game... Is this just another way of asking what, what will be the best games of this generation? See, I don't think so. This no. is, I have a theory that uh, like some games age better than others. And if you go back and play PlayStation 1 games, a lot of those games like I don't know, Siphon Filter, sure. like something like that, those are not good or fun. They don't look good, they don't play well, they're slow and weird and don't look great. But if you go back another generation, like a lot of 16-bit games still look and play and hold up great to this day. So if you're thinking about what's going to be a classic in like you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you need to think about how something's going to age. Like It's not going to be the graphics on none of these games are going to be impressive anymore. So I love Uncharted, for example. Uncharted 2 is my favorite game of this generation, but I'm not 100% convinced that those games are still going to be considered classics. In well, see, I, don't th I think the perception of what a classic is going to be is going to change. I think right now we say, what's a classic? And you think of like Tetris, Mega Man, Mario, stuff like that. And I think there are so many games put out now that are so many different experiences and can do so much with these platforms that the opinions continue to drift further and further apart to the point where there is no consensus anymore. It's true. Uh, what is a classic anymore? What will be a classic? Video games are a lot more broad now, so that's maybe this question isn't even something that people are going to be thinking about. You can play games all the time, every single night of your life, and just play you know, weird indie stuff on the computer and never play anything that's considered you know, mainstream or gets a lot of attention. Here's a great example, right? When you talk about film and you say, what's a classic yeah. film? People are like, oh, Citizen Kane, blah, 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 all these like really old movies. The Godfather. And then yeah, and then there's this giant gap, though, of movies that came out that for sure there were awesome movies for decades so, and decades and decades, but people don't say, classic, oh, I'm thinking of Star Wars. So what I think is that classics Ooh. in general, at least in film, are, are things that broke new ground in some way. Sure, right. Like and that's Citizen what I was Kane say. with the type of way they frame the shots and stuff, and you'll go back and you'll watch, like, uh, you know, other guy, other people's movies. Vertigo yeah. is one well, of Well, that's part of the reason why, like, uh, you know, Star Wars and movies like that, they broke so much ground with special effects that... Uh, exactly, that people look back and be like, this is when special effects... So, is that, so th will that be, you think, what it'll be for games then? It'll be like... It, nobody's going to say maybe the Uncharted uh, gameplay is groundbreaking, right. but the way they told the story was, or Heavy totally. Rain, the way they did or, or Bioshock will become a classic to me because of its story. Yeah, like, that's that's it. what people talk about. People don't talk about the shooting or the pl plasma. plasma. Yeah, they don't they talk, talk about that about now. That story, yeah. you know? I, I definitely agree. You know, so I think things like Gears of War that, uh, you know, you can always go back and find something earlier, but that's the game that really, like, cover shooters, sure. third person over the shoulder cover shooters, that was the one that made that a thing that's that's really sort of changed the face of video games forever, probably. Um, you know, and Uncharted and how cinematic it is and sort of playable cutscenes and, yeah. and um, that game's emphasis on that sort of gameplay. Um, yeah, those games will absolutely be remembered for that sort of thing. Um, when you were talking about how some 16-bit games uh, fare better visually today than yeah. the games that came after that in the, what we might call the 32-bit generation with the PlayStation 1, a thought occurred to me. I think that generation, PS1, N64, uh, that's like the video games like awkward teen years because they yeah, like, start out they're the really worst. cute. They start out really cute uh, with you know uh, Atari and NES, and then they get a little bit older. They're like toddlers. They're still cute with 16-bit games, and then they're like awkward teenagers during the yeah. PS1. Well, they Tomb were the ugly bastards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they made that transition to 3D, and uh, it was an ugly, yeah, ugly like, transition. Whoa, for a lot, a lot while. of sharp edges. <laughs> but then when they get to like they're like. Uh, PS2, then they started being like sexy, like yeah. ni 19 year olds. Yeah. I'd fuck that <laughs> teenager. <laughs> we also, uh, that was the, you know, you can count generations, you can parse it lots of different ways, but that was, you know, the third or fourth generation of like 2D games. Like they'd yeah. had a lot of time to figure out what 2D games. 16 bit game, generation. Right, yeah. excuse me, yeah, the 16 bit generation. So they'd been making 2D games for a long, long time. They sort of knew how to make them look good, how to make them play good, you know, what was good game design for 2D, and now we're at that point for 3D, where it's our third generation of making, you know, really, really 3D games, and so people that have been making really, them really, really 3D really, games. Really, really 3D games. Extremely 3D, <laughs> 3D, games. I feel like a lot of games that are going to be classics, too, are, like, XPLA games and stuff yep, like that, sure. too, that people are going to remember. Yeah, I mean, I Just think Just because, like, this was, like, it's such an important thing for the generation of games that there were, like, these downloadable experiences. Uh, yeah, I, re I retweeted Polytron this morning. Polytron, the guys that did... Uh, Fez. Uh, sorry. I Come on, man. <laughs> These are my good genes. Look, no one's ever going to know. No one's ever going to know. My mom is. Maybe I should set my coffee down. Fez. Um, Fez. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so uh, they said something like, um, giving an award for best downloadable game seems a little unnecessary. It's like giving an award for best game that comes in a, in a rectangle box, right? And I thought that was really good. Yeah. 
I completely agree. I mean, I think Geometry Wars was a launch title for the 360, or was it? It came out that first year. It was year. around. The it was, yeah, it yeah. was like one of the, it's like one of, like, everyone's first XBLA games. Yeah. Like, that was what got you into XBLA. And I still think about Geometry Wars a lot. Like, I, um, you know, and I go back and play it, and I 100% think a game like that, you know, even though it was $5, you know, it was sort of a quote-unquote simple little downloadable game. Like, I play it, I think about it, that game's a classic. I totally. feel like Geometry Wars popularized the twin-stick shooter format. It brought it back, mm-hmm. certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so. stuff like Shadow Complex too. Limbo. Mm-hmm. Limbo. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like a lot of the classics are going to be these downloadable games that were like super stylized, very unique. Like it's not going to be like Call of Duty that we remember, right? Yeah. And the, you yeah, don't think Call of Duty? I mean, we'll talk about Call it. We'll talk about it. But I'm saying it won't be like, oh, Call of Duty Two. That was a classic. That, no, you'll that just was be like, the one. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, that was cool. Like Call of Duty Two is a good game. You know, you'll still talk about it, but it yeah. won't be like the way that you'll be like Limbo. You never played Limbo. Yeah, really? I think it's these games that are focused on gameplay, really, um, because that stands the test of time. And graphics, I have nothing against graphics games that look good and take you on an adventure and transport you somewhere else. But I mean, this is the fact that in five years, ten years, there'll be games that do that better, that look better and are more immersive. Mm-hmm. And so. Games that pre- play really well and have new ideas will be the ones that uh, hold up. Give us some context. What are the classics of the last generation for the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube? Grand Theft Auto 3. Mm-hmm. For sure. There are three Grand so Theft Auto, three GTAs <laughs> in the last generation. I was thinking about that. Though. Yeah, but yeah. Grand Theft Auto 3 is really the one. That, that was the one, yeah, Just yeah. because that was, like, that was the first took Grand Theft Auto in a direction where I was like, I didn't care about Grand Theft Auto mm. 1 and 2. I did, yeah. and it was one of those things, being a fan of those. I remember the fir- when I got EGM for the first time and I had a screenshot of... You know, Claude running, and I was like, "What?" And they were like, "It's going to be an open world." I was like, oh, but when I played no three, way they can do this. I mean, but again, that's like a game that popularized an open sure. world yeah, genre. Like sandbox, it created a genre, it like, or yeah. at least made it something that everyone thought yeah, about. Yeah. And then, and then, like that was the game that for a long time, every time I showed someone a video game, that was the game I showed them. Yeah, like yeah. I was like, "Look you what, do look what video want. game!" Exactly. Yeah. I was like, what do I do? I was like, anything. <laughs> Shadow, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Mm. Metroid Prime. Yeah. Metroid Prime yeah. is great. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Sure. Oh yeah, that's so, so be definitely old. stuff like Halo. Mm. Yeah. That's so, it. then that brings us to this specific question: What are the classics of this generation? What are some specifics? I think you'll see Uncharted in there for storytelling. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think uh, Limbo. I think will be there as a downloadable game. One of those ones that will stand the test of time, and you always want to play. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about it, but I think the Mario Galaxy games are so focused on like pure gameplay, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, people give Nintendo a hard time for not going HD, but that forced them to sort of focus on the actual game experience and just focus on the fun of what you're doing, and not the cinematics or the storytelling. And so, the Mario Galaxy One and Two um, are some of the best stuff Nintendo's done in years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although I feel like New Super Mario Brothers Wii is also one that people are even remember more fondly just because it was like co-op Super Mario Brothers, which was pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'm not as wild about those. I hate the I hate I hate co-op. I found I found both I found those games kind of boring. You just hate co-op video games. No, no, no. In Mario, in okay. Mario, that's what ruined New Super Mario Brothers for me on Wii. Is I brought it home. I bought it on launch day and brought yeah. it home. And I was at I was in Chicago, so I had my family there, and they're all playing, jumping on each other. You can't make any progress in the level because everybody's jumping on your head, throwing off your jumps, throwing off your timing. I agree with Greg here with this crap for once. Yeah, for once. <laughs> <laughs> no, we Mario. That's one of those things where everyone's wanted to do that forever. Ever since the NES, you have yeah. Mario. Then you have to trade off in Luigi, and you're punch, punching your brother in the arm because you know they're not giving you a turn. And now you can finally play together at the same time, and it wasn't as fun as you thought it was. It's one of those be. things. I guess for me, Mario is trying to time my jump perfectly right. and get over here and get that and do this and like to have like, to be mid jump and have the screen freeze. Yeah, you're, somebody over here is dead or in a bubble or some crap. Yeah, you got to go rescue him. Everybody's always in each other's way. Yeah, um, it's one of those ideas that was much more fun on paper than in practice. I felt. But uh, we are in the minority. A lot of people did love it for sure. And I wonder if we'd oh. feel different if we were kids and we had like. Brothers and sisters sure. that we're playing with, we're like we play games by ourselves. We're adults. We live alone <laughs> or with like you know, or with five our wife. But <laughs> yeah. I'm saying you're, just, you're, you're probably not. You and Colin and Mike probably don't get on the couch together and play a game all three of you. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So. sure. Well, they play they play some games, but not, <laughs> not, not video games. Am I right? Yeah, good one. I'm making a weird joke. Yeah. Saying you make out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, I would defend it if it wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Fallout Three? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one will just because that was like uh, showing how to reinvent a genre. Like I mean, or at least a uh, 
a uh, franchise. franchise. Yeah, like they did it right. Yeah, I mean it's tough though, right? Like I think about Oblivion was so amazing, and everyone thought that game was bananas. And now, like I went back and played it. I went back and I went back and played it last year before Skyrim, and like Oblivion isn't. It's weird and janky, and so you know it's sometimes hard to know what's going to stay good and then what's going to fade. As you know, yeah, other but I don't games even necessarily it. think it has to stay good for it to be a classic. Like sure. if you go back and play System Shock now. There are a lot of things that will bother you really bad about it, but that doesn't mean that it isn't good. Just like if you talk about, like, like name a classic NES game for me. You go back and play it. It's probably hard as balls, sure. and it'll annoy you so bad as a person today who's used to the conventions we have. That being said, for the time, you still recognize that, like, this was, like, an important milestone. Yeah. Kind Fallout of is awesome. Fallout 3 is awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back and play that game soon. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about, like, the potential for Fallout in the future. Yeah. Boston. This is a good question. Boston. We could talk about this one for a long time. Yair, his name, man. I don't know how to say yeah. it exactly. Yeah. Yair? Yair? Yeah, Yair. He also lost a ton of weight. He no. recently emailed me. He's, he's, <laughs> down, he's lost 34 kilograms, which comes about to be like... <laughs> yeah, so it comes to be about 70 pounds. Okay, okay. And he's in his second year of med school. He just decided he wanted to do it. Now he said he has a six-pack. Wow. What? That's awesome. So I'm just saying, we all remember we met this kid. Yeah. Now he's like, like a six-foot-two. Get foot out of here, two. you fat fuck. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. I didn't say it to him. Now he's like a six-foot-two kid with a six-pack, so good for you. He just comes back and beats us to death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did do compulsory military service in the IDF. So. All right. Do you guys know who uh, Per Schneider is? Yeah, I've, I've, heard, of I've heard of him. He told me I look tired today. Do I look tired? Oh, do, do I look tired? No. no you look good. But again, you have a weak collar shirt on, so it kind of looks like you just rolled out of bed. How's, how's my is my? It's, mic's it okay today. The okay. mic's doing all right. I think I, I think I, you're looking fabulous. I, I think Paris is jealous. He is jealous. <laughs> <laughs> the VP of IGN, who lives in a fabulous house in Marin County with uh, his adorable children. But you know what yes, you have I'm that sure. he doesn't use. I do. I actually only have a few years on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad. I wasn't up that late. I was watching. I watched the Hunger Games last night. Oh, okay. Oh. What'd you think? No. No, no good. No moss. You guys see it? Yes. Yeah. We've all seen it. You didn't like the digital dogs? Right. The this is what you? I'm saying. What the hell is I'm this? sure the the books are very good. People love the books, but I don't think they. I don't think the movie was able to do the story or the characters justice. Yeah. And they didn't establish what. The, is this a fantasy world? Yeah. Because yeah. all of a sudden it's Yu-Gi-Oh at the end of the movie, and they're <laughs> summoning monster dogs and. What is going on? In the book, from what I understand, the monster dogs they summon are actually manifestations, manifestations yeah. of the people that have yeah, already died. Yeah, the people who've died, they've taken their parts and animated It's really horrifying. That is not communicating oh, no, not the movie all. at all. I left no. the movie and had to ask my girlfriend <laughs> yeah. what the hell was going the on. The book's really horrifying. They keep the character, the Katniss keeps saying that the dog's eyes look strange and look weird, and she finally figures out that it's like the people's, like the kids who've been killed, their eyes. I mean, that's awesome. In the dogs. Just, they weren't able to. And it's all yeah, like the, the one guy, what, who's the jerky antagonist, the final one that's yeah, like alive they don't, with them. Well, you don't really know in the movie. You don't oh, get well, a chance so, to know any of these characters. So that guy gets like eaten alive over yeah. the course of like a day. It's really kind of yeah. effed up. The books sound cool but the movie wasn't able to... Anyway. Uh, this is a question from... I don't know. He didn't give us his name. <laughs> a, mis- a mystery listener. He I says, Jacuzzi Valentine. What's it? I didn't write this. Oh, you didn't write this. He says, I'm currently listening to GameScoop episode 119. Jeez. What happened to getting Mr. Yu on the podcast? Oh, Aaron Yu. <laughs> Aaron Yu. Uh, we, we drunkenly <laughs> called his agent's phone number from IMDb at like 2 in the morning. <laughs> and surprisingly, she never called us back. <laughs> Aaron Yu. He's in Friday the 13th. He's an actor in Friday the 13th. I mean, he's, he's been in other stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but that's Other like teen him. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we we were we were quite smitten with his performance. I don't know why we liked him so much. I forget. We just thought he was cool, and then we were like, "We gotta get him on." You tried to call his agent. <laughs> yeah, we did, and, and we left a message at like two in the morning. And we were like, "Oh, this is." We were in LA for pre three judges week. Yeah, at Dunham's apart, uh, hotel room, watching Friday Thirteenth. We were drunk. Decided that we did this. <laughs> we went on IMDb, called the agent, left a message, and then I think we just took a, two wild swings at using the phone book for LA. Like, <laughs> 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 there you <use> there. <laughs> this is Greg Miller from IGN.com. This is probably 2008. Yeah. Like His that. career immediately tanked, so maybe Get you back come to us. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron, you, I'm sure you're watching this now. Maybe you got a better shot We were shot there now. for uh, Judges Week, uh-huh. pre-E3 stuff, and that was the first time we saw Darksiders, I remember. And I was oh. like, ooh, this game looks, this, uh, this game looks relevant to my interests. And then I loved Darksiders. It was good. You play two yet? I am playing two. You like it? I, I like it. Okay. I do not, not love, love it. it. You don't no. love it. Yeah. This is Taylor Stallman. Uh, close to Taylor Swift. I was excited. Well, there's a question about Taylor Swift ah, coming up. Spoilers. Do you want to jump to it or you want to? Yeah. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> the question wasn't oh, no. good enough. <laughs> 
the question about Taylor Swift is... Everybody tweet at Taylor Swift right now. <laughs> Taylor Swift 13, let her know that we're talking about her on GameScoop. Tweet the video at her. This is Michael... How do you think his last name is pronounced? Oh, that's easy. That's Michael Gurukiri. <laughs> he Gurukiri. says, uh, I got a really quick question for Greg. Greg. Yeah. One Taylor Swift fan to another. We are never, ever getting back together. Love it or hate it. I haven't heard it yet. Really? Yeah. New, Taylor Swift this does this single? thing where she releases these new singles for a buck twenty-nine, and I'm like, not not today, broad. <laughs> All right, I can buy the album for a nine I'm bucks. I'm sure she's gonna be really glad that she watched this video. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, <laughs> she didn't watch it. I'm sure, and she knows I love her anyway. All my DC Universe Online characters are named after her. My Skyrim character is named after her. Nah, she, she gets, just immediately clicked she, and put a cease and desist. She gets enough. She gets enough love for me. No, I haven't. I haven't heard the new one. I got released. So you won't even like listen to the sample? I've been busy. Okay. I'm sorry. I have been busy. I haven't had the time to go check it out. I've heard. It's really good. David Jaffe tweeted he really likes it, so I assume it's <laughs> relevant to my interests. Anyway. And I buy each one of her albums both times when they put out the normal edition and then the deluxe edition, right? I'm allowed to call her broad in a jokey fashion on GameScoop. She's uh, dating a Kennedy now, is that right? A Kennedy? Yeah. I don't I think so. No, I, I, you're, you're I know she's dating, she's dating some actor, yeah. and she's supposed to be too clingy. That's what All I her think. relationships burn out too quick, so I it's too hard to keep up with well, them. That, that's why she writes such great songs. It's true. She, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, because if she were all, happy in love, she wouldn't have anything to write. It's the about. fuel. That's yeah. that's that's fueling Michelle Branch. You don't have to tell me <laughs> about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Taylor Stallman. He has actually a question about video games. I currently have a Blu-ray player, and as of recently, after picking up your GameScoop podcast, I have begun to get the PlayStation Three itch. Mm. Where, they, where mm. do you think it's like? Oh man, it's more in the crotch region. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. I used to have a PS2 back in the day, but with this console generation, I've stuck with the Xbox. My question is this. I need your help in deciding whether I should bite the bullet and get a PS3. Mm-hmm. However, I'm a college student in my last semester. I'm likely to be extremely busy. My bank account is a bit limited. Uh, so blah, blah, blah. You know. yeah. Should I wait or just bite the bullet? This is the same question we all ask ourselves when new hardware comes around. I do. Uh, do I need this? No, you don't need it. So if you really <clears throat> want to save the 250 bucks or whatever, just don't do it. Don't buy it. You I would say I mean, buy one now if you want. Otherwise, pretty soon there's not going to be no point. You're just going to have a PS4. And move yeah, on I mean, you, you could save that money and put, you know, take the money you were going to do and put it in savings and let it accrue interest for PS4. This is the. It's a very adult answer. This is the uh, Xbox library. This is the PS3 library. They're like you're this. Also, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like this. So yeah. there's Whoa. like just slivers. Just I don't understand what you're doing. He's, he's doing like, a Venn they diagram. Share, they share. He's, the doing the, he's doing the Venn diagram, and usually the Venn diagram crossover is about that much. But for this, it's about that much. Okay. Like, yeah. You know, you're what? Uh, do you miss Uncharted? It's a question of do you want Twisted the PS, Metal? Do you want the Sony exclusives? Do yeah. you want to play Uncharted, God of War? I will uh, say that it's Grand much, Turismo. much less likely that next gen will be backwards compatible. I'm not sure that that's going to continue. You know, we sure. don't know for sure, sure, sure but sure, sure. if I were a betting man, which I am, um, I would say that there's not going to be any more. Ba- I think backwards I'd say compatibility some is insider done. trading happening here, but anyway. Uh-huh. So, uh, so that's something to think about as well. You exactly. Know? It's not like you can just buy the PS4 and then pick up Uncharted or whatever you want to pick up. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, they'll the- both use Blu-rays, so I don't know how that'll work as far as the way they render it. Yeah. But they'll both be able to read. The- yeah, I mean, we don't know for certain, but uh, I mean, I would say pick it up. You know, it's pretty affordable. The games are pretty affordable. Can yep. you get the Uncharted trilogy like pretty cheap? And sure. Yeah, it's all about do you do you want to play those exclusives? If you do, then sure, it's a great time to pick yeah, up. Yeah, you know your bank account better than us. I'd also you're ready say to just drop three hundred bucks, three hundred fifty bucks. If he's graduating college, you're probably not going to be able to get a job anyway. So, <laughs> just <laughs> so get a PS3 because you're going to have lots of free time. Exactly. He said he was going to have yeah. none. And I'm like, Online's free, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Samuel Hensley. Do you think that MMOs might ever come to a console as free-to-play? They already have. Yes. DC Universe Online, the best MMO ever. (laughs) Free-to-play on the PS3. But you you buy the disc. No. You can download the client free right now off the PSN. 15 gigabytes, downloads (laughs) slowly over time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's the only one that I know of. Free Realms does the same thing on PS3. Okay. Yeah, and we're so gonna see. I mean, that's another thing that's definitely gonna change over the next yeah. generation. Next is, uh, generation, all these sure. sorts of free-to-play games. Free-to-play is gonna be much bigger on consoles than it is. Yeah, right now. though MMOs will be a lot harder of a thing that I don't know that we'll see as much. Only because Sony has SOE, so it kind of makes sense yeah. to have that going on. But like, as far as Xbox and all that, they're gonna have to figure out True. some sort of way to split the, you know, who's making money. You figure uh, Dust Five One Four this fall. It's a it's first-person shooter, but it's the same idea as far as you know, free-to-play first-person shooter tied into, into an MMO. MMO. Yeah, yeah. Damon's over there, so you're, I see you glancing at some questions and saying, nope, nope. <laughs> and so I feel like someone made it so close, they made it up into the room. Allow me to explain myself. Okay. I, I select <laughs> questions ahead of time, like over, over the week. Right. Um, and I think this would be a good question for this editor, but then that editor's not mm. to end up being here. Mm. So Thanks okay. a lot, Brian Altano. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is Simon Scott. Quick, Good name. Quick and easy question. What up-and-coming game scheduled for release this year are you most excited about and why? XCOM Enemy Unknown, because I like turn-based strategy God, games, so and good. they're doing it right. I am excited for Everything that I've seen and everything I've yep. played makes me think that it's But since be really you good. chose that one, I'll say Borderlands 2, because I loved the first Borderlands. I love, uh, I love getting loot in games, and I love that art style. I'm, on, I'm, on, uh, I'm gonna say Persona 4 Golden on Vita. Wow. I really want something to be playing on the Vita. I love wow. Persona games. <laughs> that was I'm, really random. I'm ready to have something to play wherever I am, have an engaging story in the Vita, but Assassin's Creed 3 right behind it. Yeah. Is, uh, so definitely Assassin's Creed 3. Um, yeah. I think that's reinvigorated the franchise. Uh, is Dishonored coming out this year? Yep. Yeah, I mean, Dishonored looks incredible, and I'm Dishonored glad... Dishonored is another one. I'm glad that it's something new. Um, you know, I know the problem with sequels that a lot of people do. Um, I think you can, just because it's got a number on the end of it, it can still be a brand new game, a new experience, sure. new hero, new whatever. So, you know, I don't have a problem with any of that. But Dishonored being something brand new is very exciting. Um, I'm actually kind of pumped about the Halo franchise again. I was out of it for a long time, but Halo 4, every single thing that I read, I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. I want so. it. Yeah, I want this. Yes, mm. this is relevant to my interest. <laughs> this is Kyle Federline. That's K-Fed's brother. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's suspiciously close. My name is Kyle. My wife and I are coming to L.A. the first week of November. Me? I just wanted to get some ideas from you guys at the IGN office as to where we should go and what we should check out. Kyle, make me confused. Yeah. We're actually not located in L.A. We're in San Francisco. We have an L.A. office. We do have an L.A. office. But it's but just Eric Goldman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not there. He's, he's just him in and a box Joey, by him himself. Him just bouncing tennis balls off a wall. I mean, since you're going to L.A., I guess you could check out all of the... Crappy air, um, <laughs> the trash on the streets. <laughs> Anthony's been in San Francisco. The wow. fact that you can't drive, I mean, get anywhere without driving and sitting True. in traffic for a long time. You're going to need cool. a car, so when you get a car, drive to Buena Park and go to Portillo's down there. It's Portillo's. Get, get, get a Portillo's hot dog and Italian beef, you'll be set. I can say, if you're a, a fan of burgers, go to, go to Father's Office. They make an amazing burger. Okay. <clears throat> There's also lots of hot girls in LA, so check those out. <laughs> <laughs> you and your wife, check those out. <laughs> Uh, final question, Nicholas Ashmore. Hey guys, my name is Nick. This is a question for Anthony. You think you get called Ashmore a lot in like grade school? Oh, <laughs> hey Nick Ashmore, we are all good. <laughs> Wanna go play D and D? I've got a question for Anthony Gallegos. I love the Star Wars films and have enjoyed my time with video games such as Knight of the Old Republic. Just one, just, just the one night. I was wondering what would be the best way to really get into Star Wars the way that you have. Any books that I should start with? So can I just say, well, I think if they were gonna make if they were gonna make a porno parody of Knights of the Old Republic, it should be Knight of the Old Republic with an N. Yeah, ah, okay, okay, okay. okay. One good. night, one night in the Old Republic. Um, I'd scrub through that adult film, sure. <laughs> so, I guess if you want to really get into Star Wars, there are books you should start with. Um, Immediately, you need to start with the Thrawn trilogy. Thrawn? Yeah. And then once you've finished uh, the Thrawn trilogy, which is now actually on audiobooks, and they're really good. I was going to say, do you specifically recommend the audiobooks? Now that they're out, yeah, yeah. Okay. Audiobooks for Star Wars books are always fantastic, because you're not going to make yourself smarter by reading them. And you want to get unabridged if you can, right? Unabridged, yeah. They just came out unabridged, I should say, for yeah. audiobooks. So they're out now. And, the, and then after that, you need to, you're going to need to read the whole... Uh, the whole like New Jedi Order series that takes you through the Yuuzhan Vong War, and then after that, you can move into the Second Galactic Civil War. And those books are continued in the New Jedi Order, and then finally you can move on to Star Wars: Fate of the Jedi series, which takes you 45 years after the movies, and then you'll know pretty much everything you need to know. So can we? So how many books is this? Like 10 books, 40 books? Like what uh, are we talking? Like, this here? is like over 30 books, probably. <laughs> okay. So you got your work cut out for you. And how long? If you were to listen to an unabridged. Star Wars audiobook. 20, like. Over 20 hours for each one. Wow. <laughs> that is a big I mean, number. But it's cool. That's like a lot of entertainment if you're into that. Yeah, I've spent probably about $700 on audiobooks in the last year. So we were, we were talking about these audiobooks. In the last year? Yeah. Wow. Didn't you say they're not just like... So first of all, it's a guy that does like the voices, right? Like an actor. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can we... And so... And they also... Don't they also do like basic sound effects? Like, yes. Like basic Foley when he's like... Give us like, a taste. Send it plays out. is dead. We'll see. You must take this imposter into custody. Paul felt a little trickle of worry. I kind of want to check these out. I kind of want to listen. Yeah. You can hear background sounds yeah. and stuff like that. They, yeah. they, they, like I said, that guy was speaking over loudspeakers, so they made his voice sound amplified over yeah. loudspeaker. Yeah, it's more like it's a not, radio play. It's then. not yeah. just a dude reading a reading a book. We so. should do this with our reviews and sell them. Yeah. <laughs> <I think so. laughs> do dramatic readings yeah. and reviews. Thanks, yes, Anthony. Do that. Audiobooks. 
that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you very much for tuning in, listeners and viewers. Remember, you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com if you have any questions for us. Anyone who's going to PAX, make sure you come and uh, hang out with us. Anthony and, I, Anthony and I want to meet and greet you. We have a meet and greet Friday. Justin and I do not. <laughs> well, then you guys won't be there. You I know, I know, there. I know. I'm screwing around, I'm screwing around. Anthony and I will be there along with Ryan Clements, uh, Mitch Dyer, and Casey Lynch. Uh, meet and greet is Friday night, 7 to 9 at Gameworks. And then uh, our panel is at 6 on uh, In the Saturday. Serpent Theater. In the Serpent Theater. Serpent. It's going to be a game show, a live game show, with fabulous prizes. Yep. It's going to be good. Awesome prizes. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop. And we're out. Herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.